This is LifeSpeak, a podcast about well-being, mental health, and building resilience through knowledge. Here's Marianne Weisenthal. Welcome to a special year-end edition of the LifeSpeak podcast. I'm Richard Carissa from the LifeSpeak team, and today I'll be discussing the best insights from the most popular episodes of the LifeSpeak podcast in 2022. To help me break it all down, I'm joined by your regular podcast host, Marianne Weisenthal. Hi, Marianne. Hi, Richard. Thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it. Happy to be here. It's, it's fun to be at the other end of the microphone. Let's take a look at some of the highlights and key insights from the top three LifeSpeak podcasts of 2022. We'll start with the third most popular LifeSpeak podcast of the year. This episode is called Breaking the Taboo of Menopause, and it came out in March. In this episode, Marianne spoke with menopause specialist Bev Thorogood about her personal experience with menopause at work. First off, what drew you to Bev's story? Bev is somebody that I, I discovered on LinkedIn. She's a, a menopause specialist trainer. So she actually does um, menopause awareness training for managers, employees, and HR teams in, in, in order to help them retain female talent. But mainly what she's trying to do is reduce stigma around menopause. You know, women haven't really talked about. It's very under-researched. So she's really trying to spread awareness uh, and talk about her own experience and let other people learn from what she herself uh, went through when she went through menopause at the age of 50. She hosts uh, her own podcast called Generation Exceptional. Uh, She's written a book called The Business of Menopause, A Guide for Working Women. And she just had a really interesting personal story. She um, started to have menopause symptoms, uh, hot flushes, as she calls them, when she was 50. And she was working uh, for the Ministry of Defense in the UK. Her symptoms of brain fog and memory loss and just general discomfort and not feeling good led her to actually leave her job. So she made a huge career pivot. And now she's actively working to teach employers how they can better support women going through menopause in a way that she didn't feel that she was supported herself. In your discussion with Bev, what did you learn about how we can combat the stigma around menopause at work? Well, I think talking about it uh, is something that uh, she feels is crucially important. Uh, she said that she didn't really learn anything from her own mom who who died when she was when Bev was in her twenties. That she really didn't know anything about menopause. So just talking about it, talking about it with other women, talking about it with your doctor, having employers be more aware of menopause and the symptoms that women can be experiencing, and you know, offering them some support. And that support can look like anything from, you know, uniforms that are made from breathable fabrics, um, having fans available in offices, since women can often get really, really hot at certain times when they're, when they're experiencing symptoms. Generally having policies in place that allow women some flexibility with work. So that could be, you know, working from home for part of the time, if that's something they're able to do. Just generally having it something be kind of in the books, on the policy, um, and having managers not be afraid to discuss it with their employees and not having employees be afraid to discuss it with their managers so that it's just more of a commonly spoken about topic in a way that, you know, going on maternity leave, 
menopause is, is a similar phase of a woman's life. It's just sort of at the other end of it. And she also said that, you know, it's, it's actually a relatively short period of, of time that women have menopause, go through menopause. It could be a couple of years in a woman's life. And then it's just done, but that women are hugely capable and still really able to thrive in their careers. And that if we just spoke about it more, that it would offer more supportive environment for those women. Did she find that the the fear factor of having these conversations at work was a significant barrier? I mean, I can imagine for a lot of people, both employees and managers would just be really uncomfortable topic to talk about. It's probably a lot of awkwardness around it. Yeah, I think so. She didn't really specifically talk about fear, but rather just that people don't understand it. They don't know enough about it, that she herself didn't know enough about it, and that if more men, for example, in the workplace in that were in positions of leadership understood what was involved with menopause and what it actually was and what some of the symptoms are, that they would just probably inherently be able to be more supportive with company policies and the way that they're managing their teams. I definitely think this is one of the more unique aspects of DEI discussions that, that I've not really heard talked about in a lot of places. And I think it's really cool that you did a podcast with Beth to, to kind of cover this. Moving on next, we'll look at the second most popular Lightspeak podcast of the year, Tackling Our Relationship with Money. In this episode, you, Marianne, spoke with financial planner Shannon Lee Simmons about the dangers of envy and aspirational spending. Marianne, this podcast actually came out in late 2021. Why do you think it resonated so much with people this year? You know, Shannon is a financial planner. She also works as a a life coach. Uh, She's really a financial literacy advocate. I don't think there's ever a time when people aren't talking about or worried about or thinking about their finances. You know, it just so happened that this was in the middle of a pandemic when a lot of people had uh, lost their jobs or were just generally worried about money and there was a lot of uncertainty. And really nothing has changed. I mean, it's been a whole year since we recorded that podcast and people are still hugely worried about money and finances with inflation, you know, cost of living rising. It's really something that I think is always going to be a hot topic. So speaking with Shannon was uh, incredibly interesting. She's written, uh, I think, three or four books now. One of them is called Worry-Free Money. She's got a new book coming out early next year on managing your money in times of uncertainty. She really does speak to, I think, the average person. She doesn't speak like someone who is, oh, I'm such an expert in money and everybody needs to be an expert in money and this is how you can be that way. I think she really speaks more to our relationship with money and the way we speak about it with others. And another topic kind of like menopause is that we don't talk about with each other is our worries and our guilt about our finances and how we're spending our money. Which is especially interesting considering for most people, that's probably one of the top stressors in their lives in any given moment or, or kind of top, top things they're thinking about. As you spoke with Shannon, what was maybe one of your bigger surprises from your conversation? The biggest surprise was uh, how much social media um, has an impact in, on our spending that we're you know, doing this aspirational spending just then we don't even realize it. You know, we see something on social media, like uh, somebody we know has done a, a renovation and it looks really beautiful or another friend or just an acquaintance is, is lying on a beach somewhere. And all of a sudden we, we're yearning to maybe renovate our space or go on a vacation or buy that really nice coat that they're wearing in their picture. And what Shannon says is that 
she she really wishes that people were forced to post a, a price tag next to the photo <laughs> of what that actually cost. Um, and she thinks that if you could, if you actually had to post a price tag, that people would be less likely to be spending based on aspiration. That's such an interesting insight because before social media, it was like you would see something on TV in a commercial or maybe in a magazine, and that would be kind of your your um, that would be giving you that push to spend money. But now it's people you know, maybe um, in your neighborhood who are who are posting stuff online that is kind of providing that impetus, which is probably even stronger than really seeing it on TV or in a magazine. Absolutely. Finally, let's look at the most listened to podcast of 2022, Fighting Feelings of of Pandemic Fatigue, a conversation with psychotherapist Jana Comrie. More than two years after the start of the pandemic, and this topic is still relevant to families and employees, unfortunately. What stuck with you most about your conversation with Jana? Yeah, Jana's a psychotherapist who's working um, in Ontario, Canada. Um, She works a lot with uh, first responders. And I was really interested in speaking to her because we were just starting into our third year of the pandemic and people were just absolutely exhausted. You know, here in um, Toronto where I live, you know, we were back in lockdown, schools were shut again. Everybody was just feeling tired and fed up. And we kept hearing this term pandemic fatigue, pandemic fatigue. And I thought, you know what, I'd really like to talk to a mental health professional about what they have gone through during the pandemic, because not only could this person give us some advice on maybe how to get through this sort of second hump or third hump or wave, I guess, as we, as we called it, of, of stress and fear and uncertainty and just being absolutely at the end of a row. But also I wanted to talk to, to her about what her own experience has been like. I had heard from other mental health professionals during the pandemic that, you know, they were going through a lot of burnout because, you know, people were coming to them with really intense, heavy stories. Also, they couldn't book enough appointments for people. Everybody was looking for mental health support that many, many mental health professionals were were experiencing burnout. So I wanted to know how she was actually managing her own feelings of pandemic fatigue. So that was a really interesting conversation. And she was very honest about that. The thing that was most interesting, I think, was her talking about virtual therapy. I know a lot of mental health professionals, you know, moved to virtual therapy during the pandemic because the only way that they could see clients. And a lot of them really didn't like it. But Jana actually thinks it's a really wonderful thing. Um, she still prefers to see people in person, but she thinks that virtual therapy is is really fantastic. And she explained how she manages working with her clients during that time. She has to be more specific about the kinds of questions because she says, you know, normally I can see when a client is sitting in my office and they're tapping their foot or they're, you know, squeezing their hand when they're speaking. And that's usually an indicator, you know, there's something else going on. In this case, I couldn't see those things. So I always made a point of asking them, or I, I do make a point of asking them, she said, you know, what, what's your body, ha- what's doing, what's happening in your body right now? What are you doing right now? Um, and so she was able to add that extra layer in the way that she practiced her therapy. And that she also felt that virtual therapy really allowed for people, you know, in a lot of other communities to be able to access uh, mental health support in a way that they hadn't previously been able to do that because there wasn't somebody in their local community that they could go and see it was too far, they couldn't get the time off work, but that now it was much more accessible uh, to all. And that was one of the positive things that had come out of the pandemic in relation to to uh, mental health support. Yeah, virtual therapy is definitely 
kind of one of those just ever so slight, maybe silver linings that you hear about where this is maybe a flawed tool, but it's still a great tool and it can help a lot of people. And it's kind of more prevalent than ever before as a result of the pandemic. And, and that's definitely a good thing. All right. Thanks, Marianne. Before we wrap this up, I just want to ask you if there are any other highlights from the podcast this year that you wanted to mention, any experts you wanted to shout out. That's such a hard question to answer because they're all fantastic. I have never had a conversation with somebody on the Life Speak podcast where I've come away and thought, oh, that person was that person was really boring, or I really wish I hadn't wasted both of our times having this conversation. I find everybody really, really fascinating. Um, and I, I probably will do a shout out to the last podcast that I did just this past month with a neuroscientist, Dr. James Dankert, who actually um, is an expert in boredom. <laughs> Speaking of boredom, hmm. I learned a lot about what boredom is, why we feel bored, what causes boredom is actually more important and impactful than you might think. It's not just an excuse to, oh, you're feeling bored. So, you know, you need to go do something really, really exciting. Like you need to, you know, jump out of an airplane. But in, in actual fact, when you're feeling bored, it's it's a message and a call to action that what you're doing is not meaningful to you. And that you need to figure out something else to do that is meaningful. So mostly he's talking about, you know, generally where we spend most of our day, which is working. Even somebody who's doing something that to someone else might seem very repetitive or not that exciting can have meaning to some people because they find meaning in it. And so it's important for each of us when we're feeling bored to really look at what it is that's making us feel that way and what can we actually do it that will provide more meaning in our lives and be something that we genuinely feel feel passion about. So that was super interesting. Um, another one that I really conversation that I really really loved was with Dr. Brian Goldman. He's an ER doctor in in Toronto, Canada. Um, he re- wrote a book about the power of teamwork. He hosts a couple of really successful podcasts on uh, CBC, um, and his he's written many many books. But this one in particular was looking at um, various vocations, so doctors, pilots, actors, um, and how those vocations work together as teams and how teamwork literally can save lives in many different ways. You know, in, in hospitals, when you have a group of people who are working on a patient who's in a in, in crisis, that just by working together as a team, that that patient is much more likely to live. Same thing if you're in a crisis situation. He gave an example of a mass shooting in Las Vegas and how, uh, you know, the emergency response team worked together as a team and how they were able to save people in this time of crisis because they had practiced it beforehand, how they were going to work together as a team. So that was incredibly interesting. And then finally, Dr. Chris Willard, who's a psychologist uh, who works at Harvard University. Uh, he's an expert in mindful self-compassion. Um, he's written several books uh, on the subject for both kids and adults. And he offered some self-compassion and self-soothing exercises for when you are feeling stressed, unwell, uh, and usually it's as a result of some trauma that you may have experienced in your life, but even just in moments throughout the day when you're feeling anxious. And one in particular that I thought was really impactful was something called attend and befriend. And that's when you literally just sit quietly and put your hand on your heart and just do some simple breathing exercises. And it's just a way for you to support yourself um, in, in 
even just in your workday when you're sitting at your desk and you're maybe feeling anxious. Um, so that was a, a really great conversation as well. Doctor, attend uh, and befriend. I really like that. And, I'm, yeah. and I love that you shouted out these, especially the boredom one, because I feel like boredom must be the most maybe underanalyzed feeling or absence of a feeling that we all experience all the time. And we often respond to it so mindlessly. Um, that's great. Maybe just one, one last question. Um, are there any podcasts coming up next year that you kind of want to give a little tease, anything that you're, that you're working on that you're really excited about? Coming up next year, um, I will be speaking again with Shannon Lee Simmons about uh, finances. Uh, she actually wrote a book during the pandemic called No Regret Decisions. And it's really about, you know, how we can be making better decisions in times of crisis and uncertainty so that if those things happen to us again, which they do to all of us, maybe not as big as a pandemic, but certainly impactful to each of us individually, how we can be sort of planning for those so that we're less scared uh, about our finances. Another podcast interview that I have coming up that I'm really excited about is with Dr. Tara Porter. She's a UK expert. She has written a book that's coming out called You Don't Understand Me. It's a book for teenage girls and young women. It's called You Don't Understand Me, The Young Woman's Guide to Life. And she really wrote that specifically for teenage girls. I'm in the middle of reading it now and it's very interesting because I have a daughter myself and I'm looking forward to talking to her a little bit about how we can better be supporting our teenage girls as they grow into women. And that'll do it for this special edition of the Lightspeak Podcast. Thank you, Marianne. Thanks, Richard. It was great chatting with you. For more about this episode, go to lifespeak.com slash podcast.